Well, we've started a series called By Faith. And if anything for 2020, what one of the things God has been teaching me is about faith, really, and about how to live by faith. And there's a scripture I really want to share with you guys this morning. It's a scripture you will know if you've been around church for a while. And it's a wonderful scripture. It's Jesus's words. It's in Matthew 11 and it is verse 28 to 30. It says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, first of all, let me just quickly explain um, yoke that we're talking about there is not an egg yoke, um, but it is an old instrument. It was an instrument used in like ancient farming. Uh, it's a wooden instrument that they would uh, just kind of join two oxen together so that they would walk in a straight line as they're plowing the fields ready to plant seed. And so it, to, to be yoked, what Jesus is talking about, he's saying the yoke, the, things, the thing that actually joins us to Jesus in our everyday to ensure that we're walking straight, to ensure that we're walking with him, his yoke, it's actually easy. It's not, it's not super hard. Actually, his yoke, what, what, uh, the, the joining mechanism is actually easy. And there are burdens in life, right? 2020, but the burden is light. Now, I don't know whether it's because this has been overquoted or overused, but as the scripture has been turning over in my spirit, I've been thinking about 2020 and I've been thinking about perhaps how hard it has been and the, the, the difficulty or the strain and how heavy sometimes things can get. But then I read the words of Jesus and they're overwhelmingly delightful. They're overwhelmingly amazing because he says even in a year like 2020, his yoke is actually easy and the burden is light. So it makes me think, is there a way that I'm approaching this journey with Jesus that needs to be shifted? Because if it's getting heavier and heavier and harder and harder, the thing I have to ask is if Jesus says that there's a way to do it that ensures the joining mechanism is easy and that the burden is light, then it means I've got, I've got to shift something. And so this year, 2020, really, Jesus has been teaching me about faith, but more so about the walk of faith. So... Maybe today, why don't we go for a walk? Let's take a walk together. And let's maybe see, let's delve into the Word and let's see what this walk of faith could be like. And in the Word of God, we see many walks of faith, right? We see um, Adam and Eve in the garden. What a walk with Jesus, with God right there. And then there are different kinds of walk. There's um, um, Abraham and Isaac, right, on Mount Moriah. What a walk that was. Then there's the Israelites and the walk through the Red Sea. Blow my mind kind of walk. And then quickly followed by the 40-year walk in the wilderness. 
right? So again, so many different walks. What about the disciples or the, as they were walking to Emmaus and they didn't even realize they were walking with Jesus? Or the Via Dolorosa, it's called the Walk of Sorrow, Jesus on the way to crucifixion. And then a, 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 another walk that I'm going to kind of land on and work from today. And it's this other walk that, again, we've probably heard of many times before. But it's the walk that Jesus did and that he invited someone to do with him. It was the walk on water. Now, for most of us, walking is pretty simple. We just do it. It's natural. But what happens when the thing that we're walking on and the context around us is so shifting, is so fickle, is so fierce that even a walk seems really difficult. But even then still, Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so we're going to, like I said, we're going to take a bit of a walk. And I want to challenge you to think about how you walk. How is it that you have been walking through 2020? Psalm 84 and verse 5 says this, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage. Now that's a different kind of walk. Now I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know, sometimes the walk of faith, For some, um, rather than a pilgrimage, for some it's kind of like a touristy thing. Like I'm just gonna be a tourist in this faith situation. And you know, just to make it clear, uh, I have some maybe comparing and contrasting. A pilgrimage kind of walk is a walk that is directed by God. It's a walk that when you go on, you reflect on those who have gone before you and you remember those who are going to come after you. A tourist, your walk is just centered on you. What you want, your preference, what you would like and, if, and, and at your own convenience. A pilgrimage uh, brings up words like patience, endurance, commitment. A tourist will just check in and go and see the attractive sights We're only here for the high points, and then we check out. What's your walk been like in 2020? A pilgrimage, we expect that there's going to be a change in the terrain. We expect on this pilgrimage, on this journey, that things are going to get tough, and things are at times going to be easy. But a tourist, valleys and a change in terrain that is unexpected is unwanted. We don't want it. For a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage is about movement and it's about strength and it's about intimacy with God and community. But for a tourist, the walk mainly really is about comfort and convenience. And so again, I put to you the question for 2020, what has your walk of faith been like? Has it been a little touristy? Or... I would say that the walk of faith Jesus is talking about when he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, that is the walk of faith that is a pilgrimage. Eugene Eugene Peterson puts it like this, it is a long obedience in the same direction. How good is that? Okay, so we're going to go to Matthew. We're going to stay in the book of Matthew. Turn a couple of pages in your Bible or your device. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And we know this story. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, and after sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting many waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the other side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And so today, I'm just gonna go through with the base of this story and a few other walks that we're going to look into. Uh, really, I guess a couple of things I'd love to share with you about how I've learned to walk as a pilgrim, right? On a pilgrimage of faith toward Jesus, even when things get tough. So if you're taking notes, and I advise that you do, if you're taking notes, uh, point number one would be this, that to walk uh, on, on a pilgrimage, to walk is to fellowship, right? And I'm not talking about like a Lord of the Rings situation, like a fellowship of the ring, but in a sense, it kind of is where there's a, a group of people, the church, the body of Christ, where we come together and we're walking together. Actually, the walk is about fellowship. And what I love about the scripture is actually it makes it very clear um, in verse uh, 28. When Peter asks to walk with Jesus, this is what he asks. He says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Now, I've heard messages on the scripture. I've even preached messages on the scripture many times. But one of the things that caught me was that uh, actually, I don't know if Jesus is after this radical bungee jumping, race car driving, kind of cyclone chasing type of faith that, you know, Peter's like, oh, I'd just like to walk on the water today. But actually by Peter's question, we're being told that he was saying, just in this crazy storm, tell me to come to you because you seem to be piloting the storm really great. This whole storm is going on and you seem to be finding this really easy, Jesus. So if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come to you. Actually, the walk of faith for Peter in this moment was primarily about who he was walking with, not about being this great superstar of faith. And we know if we know, if we know the Bible, we know that Peter he was the guy that kind of thought, uh, sorry, acted before thinking. But in this, when he says that, tell me to come to you, Jesus, there, there is a thought process there that's inferred that Peter's saying, no, actually the most important thing in the storm is that I am with you, Jesus. And a few, uh, a few verses before, it says, uh, and, and actually Mark, in Mark's telling of this story, 
it says that Jesus intended, as he was walking on the water during the storm, Jesus intended to go past them. And I used to read that and think, well, that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? The storm's going on and Jesus is just passing on by. But actually, the Greek word used there is the Greek word parechomai. It should come on the screen. <laughs> but this Greek word in the um, Old Testament, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it, it only appears a few times. And it appears when God put Moses in the cleft of a rock so Moses could see while God's glory passed him by. That's in Exodus. And then again in 1 Kings, when God told Elijah to stand on the mountain, for I am about to pass you by. It is the same phrase used when Jesus intended to pass the disciples by. It wasn't this cheeky move Jesus was making, but actually it was this divine moment where God himself was appearing to humanity and going to give them a message. It's called like a theophany and going to wanted to communicate this incredible message and this call, this invitation to do something amazing and beyond ourselves with Jesus. And this is what is happening. When Jesus is walking on by or intending to pass by, uh, he was revealing his divine presence and power. And the disciples, they're going to have to learn, as we do, that being a follower of Christ, being a pilgrim on this faith journey, it doesn't excuse us from adversity, but in it, Jesus lets us know He is piloting this whole thing. He is in control and by faith, we fellowship with Him. So point one is that uh, a walk by faith is a fellowship, right? Oh, sorry, fellowship. <laughs> but point two is that we follow that a walk of faith is to follow. And that's, that's a defining characteristic of a faith walk that is a pilgrimage, that it is not directed by ourself, but actually it is directed by God. And you know, we have the questions, but what if this happens? And what if that happens? And notice that Jesus didn't stop the storm um, while before Peter gets out of the boat. In fact, the storm was still raging. There were so many questions, uh, but I'm not gonna be safe on the water. But I, what if I lose my job? But what if I can't provide? But what if, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And those are great questions. Uh, and uh, Larry Lorden, who's a professor of science, he says, he writes a book on risk management, right? And he, he says there's this thing that we suffer from and it's called risk lock, where our society is so fear driven by the what ifs. Oh my goodness, what if I fail? What if this doesn't go the way I thought it should go? Um, that instead of um, a going forward and doing something, and walking anyway, we're kind of paralyzed, like a gridlock, we're locked in and we're unable to move. And he summarizes um, 19 principles, which I'm gonna go through today. No, I'm not, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just gonna share with you the first principle. Uh, he summarizes this risk lock or the way to, un to undo that risk lock in 19 principles, but the first principle is this, um, everything, 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 is risky. And if you are looking for absolute safety, you're in the wrong species, right? There is no such thing as absolute safety. Actually, if we look at the story where Peter's walking on the water, 
There is zero guarantee that the boat is safer than the water. There's no guarantee that that's going to be a better way. Actually, in this walk by faith, there is no guarantee that the way we think is best to go about things is going to keep us any safer than the risk of actually getting out of the boat and walking with Jesus. But um, here's what I want to say. I would say that with a, a walk with Jesus, fear is actually inevitable. And I would say maybe even necessary. And so is failure. Yay! <laughs> Fear and failure, actually, they're quite necessary. They're quite, they're quite necessary in this walk of faith, but Jesus isn't really worried about fear or failure. The whole thing, the, the whole thing that makes this easy and light is not really fear or failure is a big thing. It's just our ability to follow. It's our ability to just go even while we might be feeling fearful. And I feel like now I should make a distinction between fear um, and the spirit of fear. Those are two very different things. Fear is actually something that is God-given. It's the thing that when we're standing on the edge of a cliff, it's the thing in our body that says, and in our mind that says, don't jump because you will die, right? That is a fear that informs us to perhaps make a wise decision. But in situations when we don't put fear in its proper place, and it becomes a stronghold in our spirit that, that completely leaves us paralyzed when God is directing us to move, right? So I'm not talking about a spirit of fear. I'm talking about fear, right? And if we go to Hebrews, right? Hebrews 11, this hall of faith. It was by faith that Abel and by faith that Abraham and by faith that Enoch and did, did all these amazing things. But let's just go to Hebrews um, 11, right? I'm going to go there. You can turn there. I should have put a um, marker in my Bible. Oh, look, I did. Okay. Um, Hebrews 11, there's this list, this great examples of faith, this hall of faith in the scripture. And it's got these incredible examples, Abraham and Isaac and Joseph and Moses. And then verse 39 says this, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God has promised. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, excuse me. But I, I, I think this, I think, wait, none of them received all that God has promised? Actually, some of us might interpret that as failure, that they all lived by faith, but they never actually received what God has promised. And I, I actually really love this whole uh, scripture and how this whole chapter and how it ends that way. He said, verse 40 says, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. And I just, I love that what, what that means is that actually, uh, our interpretation of failure and success is quite often the wrong thing to focus on. Actually, the best thing to focus on is whether we can walk by faith. It's not about really success or failure, but by faith, can we walk with Jesus and then can we follow him? So um, I've just got a few fun examples for you. You know how I like fun examples. 
Um, and here's, here's, here's a few things. Um, researchers at the University of California at Berkeley did an experiment some time ago that included an amoeba into a, uh, they put an amoeba into a perfectly stress-free environment. Ideal temperature, optimal concentration of moisture, constant food supply, the amoeba had an environment to which it had to make no adjustment whatsoever. So you would guess that this was one happy little amoeba. Whatever, uh, what, what had happened was, um, after a while, the amoeba actually died. Apparently there's something about all living creatures, about all of us, that actually requires challenge. It requires things to get hard. We require things to get a little bit difficult so that, so that we grow healthy, so that we grow strong. And I think too much comfort, which sometimes we can reach for in a difficult time, too much comfort can actually be quite dangerous. Uh, Jonas Salk developed a vaccine. He's the guy who developed a vaccine for polio. And uh, he tried about 200 times to create a vaccine. Um, and finally he got it right and someone had asked him, hey, how did you feel about failing 200 times? And he said, I've never failed once in my life. I've just discovered 200 ways not to vaccinate for polio. Winston Churchill asked what most prepared him to risk political suicide by rising up against Hitler in those years of appeasement. And he said um, it was because he learned this by failing at elementary school. And someone asked him, did you fail at elementary school? And he said, no, no, I didn't fail. I've never failed once in my life. I was given a second opportunity to get it right. You see, failure is not an event. Failure is how we interpret, it, interpret the circumstance. And so really, it's this, this whole walk by faith is not about whether we fall or whether we succeed. Peter fell, but Jesus grabbed him and pulled him up. It is about how we can follow. Uh, and lastly, uh, point three um, is to walk is to flow. Come on, say that. To walk is to flow. Good. Um, and look, most people I know, and even myself, we love to hear stories about the goodness of God, about His miracle working power, about how He moved, how we prayed, and by faith we held on and He moved. But I know it's true for me, and probably true for a lot of people, that stories like that, although they build our faith, they're often not enough. Actually, stories like that build our faith, but what is really important is that it builds our faith and then we enact our faith with a step. Actually, walking by faith produces a flow. So we should be encouraged and then we flow. That's a walk of faith. There's a rhythm to it where we, we don't, we don't um, stand still and wait for the perfect circumstances. No, we, we flow with what is, what, what is happening in our spirit. So we'll go to another walk in Joshua uh, 3. In verse 13, it says this, The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, 
the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Come on, don't you love that? I love that, that there's a flow there that God says, as soon as your feet touch the water, come on, we've got to enact this. We've actually got to walk it out that for 2020, we're with Jesus and to follow him actually requires us to step out and make that move. But when we do, come on, miracles happen. And so I want to encourage you, come on, walking by faith is about that flow. And I I do want to encourage people today, come on, maybe it's time for you to take that step for you to forgive first, for you to take the first step in a, in a relationship that's been perhaps a little bit strained. Uh, maybe um, take the first step in telling the truth to a spouse or to a parent about what's going on for you right now. But, and I just know that even as you take those steps of faith, come on, God honors that. God is pleased by that. All right, so... To walk is to walk in fellowship. To walk is to follow, right? Not our own direction. Even when things get hard, when we're fearful or when we think we might fail, we follow anyway. And as we follow, there's a flow. And the fruitfulness of that is a walk with Jesus where we begin to live in this space, understanding that even while the storm rages, His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so, you know, today as you're streaming in, perhaps you're thinking, well, actually 2020 has been really heavy and really hard. And maybe even as I've been speaking, you're beginning to identify perhaps areas in your life where you haven't been yoked to Jesus. Can I say in the same way that a, a step of faith is, a, is, is literally that, just one step in, this, in the right direction, in the direction toward Jesus. That's what's required of you. There's another parable, it's, an, it's another story where a, a man has a, a ill, a demon-possessed son and he says, Jesus, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? If you have faith, of course I can. And Jesus goes ahead and the father says, I do have faith, but I also doubt. Come on, how many of us would say that's true of us? Like I have faith, but I doubt. Help me with the areas that I doubt. And I, I guess the question is this, how, how much faith did that man have enough to come to Jesus? How much faith do you need enough to come to Jesus? And so today, wherever you feel like there's lack right now, or if you're feeling heavy, how much faith do you need? Just enough to come to Jesus. Enough to say, Lord, I need you. Enough to believe that the the sin that separates us from Him was taken care of and conquered by the cross when Jesus died on the cross and rose to life. So maybe you're listening today, streaming in, and you don't know Jesus. I, I would say that He's inviting you to take a walk with Him. Not me, but to take a walk with Him where He doesn't guarantee that there won't be storms or difficult times. But if you walk with Him, He will teach you what it is 
to know that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if that's you and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, but I know that I need him. I need that hope. I, I need to have Jesus in my life. Or maybe you've known him, but you've walked away. I'd love to pray with you in this moment. And if that's you, all you've got to do is just repeat this prayer after me. How? By faith, by belief. Just believe these words. And I'm going to help you with the, with the words that you can use. But the Word of God says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again from the grave, that He is Lord, then you'll be saved. You'll be, you'll, you'll be walking with Him. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for allowing me to hear you today. I make a decision to open up my heart and let you in. I choose to live my life with you, following you, flowing with you. Teach me how to live life your way. Amen. 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 Hey, look, if you prayed that prayer and if you prayed it by faith, that's it. Man, by faith, Jesus is living on the inside of you and He's going to teach you what it is to continually walk on this pilgrimage, not a touristy situation, but on a pilgrimage, a long obedience in the same direction toward more breakthrough, hope and life with Him. And if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, I pray that this was a great reminder for all of us that we often need to check how we're walking. How's your faith walk? And I pray that your faith walk continually flows with Jesus as we live more fruitful lives as His disciples.